are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can also find me over on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys, my articles about the Pistons. And I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Pistons is free and available on all platforms. And eventually, coming soon, we will be on YouTube at Locked on Pistons. I'll be sure to let you guys know when that happens. But I wanted to give you guys a quick emergency podcast this weekend. Uh, it's not, I, I, I wouldn't say it's obviously not back-breaking news for the Pistons, but I think it is pretty big news for Pistons fans, especially with how this family has incorporated themselves into the community, into the Pistons community, the Detroit community, uh, already before the season even started. But... This weekend, Luca Garza, and I think a lot of us expected this, but Luca Garza had his two-way contract converted to a standard NBA contract with a new two-year deal. So I think that a lot of us saw this coming, especially after they made the Sekou Dumboya and Julio Okafor trade, which freed up one extra roster spot for him. They went from having 16 roster spots to only having 14. They had a free roster spot. I think some people were speculating, obviously, oh, will they go after another veteran? Uh, they're going to look at someone else. But I think a large majority, large majority of us, I'm sorry, and I believe I said this as well on a podcast, I believe a week and a half ago, that I, I expect Luca Garza to get that final spot, and they have given him his this final spot. So he very much, I guess you could say, earned it with his summer league play. So Luca Garza was the 52nd overall pick this past draft for the Pistons in the second round. He was one of the best players in the entire uh, NCAA last year in college. Um, he averaged 24.1 points a game last year for Iowa uh, in his final season in college and earned National College Player of the Year. Uh, he's obviously a very talented offensive player. If you watched him in summer league and if you listened to the podcast a couple times, uh, we also had a podcast, I believe, two weeks ago with his father who has done a great job of incorporating, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, incorporating his family and his son into the business community. Uh, I told the story a few times, but one of the, my regular guests on here, Bryce at Motor City Hoops Podcast, he did uh, a mock draft before the draft, and he had he took Luca Garza, I believe, at 47 for the Pistons. I forget which pick it was, but he, he took Luca Garza there, and the Pistons fans went crazy. They were very mad. They were pissed. They did not think that Luca Garza was a good pick. They thought he had no chance of being an NBA player. Uh, don't waste this pick on this guy. They were very angry about this pick. So when the Pistons actually made this pick of this guy in real life, I don't think many people were happy about it. However, due to Luka Garza's efforts in Summer League, but I think even more due to his father's ability to really, like, I don't know, market his son and really just be a good person in the community and constantly being active and talking to Pistons fans, Luka Garza went from someone they did, Pistons fans didn't want any parts of to being like a fan favorite that everyone absolutely loves. And I, I, it's pretty crazy, but... I think he pretty much earned this, which is summer league, summer league performance, which we'll talk a little bit about later, whether that's a good thing to be doing 
Uh, but he averaged 15 points a game and 9.6 rebounds through the five games in the summer league. Now, I want you to pay attention to five games through summer league. He shot 52% from the field, 40% from deep. Uh, and he earned all summer league second team honors. So I think it's pretty clear that the reason why he was given this standard roster spot is because of his performance in summer league. Um, so why well, I want to spend this first segment talking about it. Then later in the segment, we'll talk about could he pot- potentially be in the rotation or where do I expect him to be? in the G League majority of the season. We'll talk about that later. But what I want to talk about in this first segment, really, um, and kind of hit on that, do I agree with this decision to give him a full roster spot? Um, k- kind of. The thing is with me is the reason why I, I, I'm not going to make too big of a deal about it, and it's not, I mean, it, it's the last spot on the roster. It's really not a big deal anyways. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't really like, the thing is, is like before Summer League, I feel like everyone understood that, and I believe a lot of people were tweeting it out, a lot of people were talking about it already, is that expect Luka Garza to play really well in the Summer League. Now, I like Luka Garza. I like his dad. I spoke with his dad. They're great people. However, being being objective, before the Summer League, everyone was expecting Luka Garza to go out there and look good offensively because he is a good offensive player. He's a talented offensive player, and he's going against guys who aren't NBA-caliber players, guys he basically just dominated a year ago in college. He's going against... I mean, I think they're a step up from college players, but not NBA players. So, of course, he's going to look pretty good offensively. Now, the shot looked nice. He just showed off some footwork. He's a talented offensive player, of course. However, I think a lot, a lot of people expected to see that in the Summer League. So, that's not really what's going to hold him back in the future in the NBA. That's not what's going to stop him from having an NBA career. Uh, everyone expects him to be decent offensively. It's his defense. And... I still think he looked pretty bad defensively in summer league against non NBA competition, so I would have I would have been okay just keeping him on the two way contract because I guess I'll spoil it a little bit later for the segment. I think he's going to spend the majority of his time in the G League for the Pistons this season. I don't think he's going to be a part of the rotation, but I will bring up a question someone asked later on and talk about the possibility of it happening. But I don't think it's going to happen, and the the reason why I I'm kind of like on the edge of body is because I kind of look at it like this so. You went out and made all these signings with these veterans, right? You made the signing with Corey Joseph. You made the signing of Ronnie Magruder. If you knew that you were going to want Luka Garza on the squad, why not just not sign one of those guys and make, and give him a roster spot at that point? Because basically how I'm looking at it now is that you basically traded Sekou Dumboya, Jaleel Okafor, and eight, what is it, $8 million in cap room this year, $8 million in cap room next year on dad's dead salary, a guy who's not going to be on the team, just so you could give the 52nd overall pick a roster spot. That's basically how I'm looking at it now. Now, obviously, that's not... I mean, precisely what happened. But if you, like, chuck it all down and just, you know, follow it, a move after move after move, what it really was the purpose of it was to free up that extra roster spot and give it to Luka Garza. So I just don't know if I agree with that kind of process. I would much rather just not sign Ronnie Magruder or or Corey Joseph and just give Luka Garza the spot there. I'm not really a fan. I mean, there's also other reasons why, obviously, they made the trade. They likely didn't want to pick up Sekou's option they probably didn't have much plans for him but even still trading both those guys and obviously Drew Okafor didn't have much of a role on the team anyways but trading both those guys and then eating dead salary for the next two years and more dead salary like I understand it's not that big of a deal with dead salary everyone's saying you know the Pistons aren't really trying to win this year anyways but so that's eight million dollars in dead salary just so you can give the 52nd overall pick of roster spot I would much rather just not sign Ryan Magruder and give it to him then or just keep Luka Garza on the two-way either way uh, but like I said earlier in the podcast, it is the 15th spot. Uh, it's not making or breaking. I, it's it's not going to be that huge of a deal if they gave it to Luka Garza. I just would have rather a different process play out. I, I would just rather sign 
if you wanted to give Luke Garza the roster spot, just don't sign Ronnie Magruder, I guess. That's that's how I feel about it. But they did not do that. They signed Luke Garza to a regular roster spot after giving him initially a two-way contract. And that opened up an extra two-way contract, which they gave to Jamarco Pickett, which I'm sure a lot of you guys who watched the roster uh, or the Summer League roster and them play, he was one of the guys that stood out. Really good shooter, um, at least in the Summer League, at over five games. Uh, he got They wanted to open up a spot for him, apparently. So I guess it took out two birds with one stone, kind of, to accomplish that. So whatever. Let me know what you guys think about the decision to give Luca Garza the full roster spot and then give the two-way contract to Jamarco Pickett. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. But this is going to be a shorter podcast. This is the first time I'm doing a breaking news type of podcast. Those are regularly going to be like around 15, 18 minutes long. So quick listen for you guys, not to take up too much of you guys this weekend. Before we get into that second segment, though, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Boot Bar. The best tasting protein bar on planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors and cookies and cream, caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have plenty of other flavors, such as coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, all kinds of them. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try the Boot Bar. Go to BootBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BootBar.com. Boot Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So I was asked a question over the weekend once Luca Garza's contract was made official uh, and the two-way contract for Jamarco Pickett was made official as well. I was asked by someone on Twitter, do I think that Luca Garza could be the center for the backup or the backup center in the rotation, I should say, and then Kelly Olynyk be the backup power for Are they setting that up to possibly be the, the, the uh, backup front court? So first off, let me just say, no, I don't think so. But I just want people to think about how awful defensively that would be. That would be like just a like I, that would be just a nightmare defensively. You got Luca Garza as your center, and then powerful. You got Kelly Olynyk. Oh my God! Like <laughs> I think it would be like basically layup lines. They would be pretty bad out there and defensively. Um, but no, I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, do I think Luca Garza is going to see minutes in the NBA this year? Yeah, I think he'll get spot minutes every now and then. They obviously given him that ra- <coughs> that last roster spot. Excuse me. Uh, he's going to eventually get in there every now and then if someone gets hurt. Uh, everyone gets hurt every now and then. Uh, hopefully, we don't want to see injuries happen, but injuries happen. Uh, so I'm sure he'll get minutes sometimes with that. Someone sits out of game or someone gets into foul trouble and he's active and they need some play some spot minutes real quick. He'll may play some minutes like that. But I do expect him to play the majority of his time over in the G League, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. I think he should play over there, really get you know acclimated. My God, acclimated with NBA type of competition, which I think the G League kind of is. Uh, it's closer than the Summer League will be or, or was to NBA competition. Let him develop over there. Try to get him up to speed defensively. Uh, that's really what it is. It's just, first, I really want to see, and we're going to see it in the preseason. The Pistons preseason starts on the October 6th, I believe. Yeah, October 6th against the San Antonio Spurs. So they're going to open up then. Uh, but I really want to see from Luka Garza in the preseason and also in the G League. Obviously, you guys want to see how he how he plays defensively. However, what I really am looking forward to is 
is his offense going to hold up against NBA caliber defenders? Because that's where he's going to make his bread. I mean, we've talked about this many times in the podcast. If Luka Garza is going to be an NBA player for a while, it's going to be because he's just absurdly good offensively that the defense doesn't matter. That's basically my only route of seeing him becoming an NBA player and playing serviceable minutes. And that's possible. You see it all the time throughout the league. Guys who are just really good offensively, just trash defensively. You can play them as backups, play them in spot minutes. Uh, they likely can get played off the court in the playoffs every now and then. Uh, they may not be a, a mainstay in the rotation, but they usually have... You, you find a lot of guys who have long careers as like spot guys and play really well in the regular season, just may not show up as much in the playoffs. But anyways, basically what I'm saying is, is that I believe his only route to becoming an NBA player is just be so good offensively, just get to a point defensively where you just aren't giving up layups every single time. So it's almost like that while you want to see improvements defensively, it's almost just as important, if not more than important, that his offensive game remains as as like enticing and eye-popping as it was in the summer league and it was in college. Because if it's not, then there's no real spot for him in the NBA because he's not going well, to be on the court for. He's only going to be on the court because he can score the ball or get easy buckets for you or cause mid-smashes on switches, etc. Kind of stuff like that. Space the floor for you. It's almost more important, actually, in my opinion, that he shows that he can do that. Um, so I really want to see if he's able to do that in the preseason. Because he was able to do it in the G uh, or the Summer League. He really used his body well. Uh, he didn't jump high off the ground inside, but he knew how to use his body and time things and draw contact, all those kind of things. He has really good footwork. He showed that off in the Summer League. He obviously showed off his deep shot, 40%, in the Summer League. But And if you listen to one of the podcasts, a few weeks ago that I told you guys about when I had his father on the podcast, he actually pointed out how his son has been steadily improving from beyond the arc already in his college career. For example, his sophomore year in college, he shot 29% from three on 2.3 attempts. His last season in college basketball, he shot 44% from three on 3.2 attempts. That's damn near a 15% increase, and he mainstayed that in the summer league. That's only over five games, but that's obviously what he's good for. That's what people are looking at him for. So I think, most importantly, you want to see if his offense can translate. I think we're all going to see multiple times defensively in the in the, in the uh, preseason and in the G League multiple times where he just looks lost defensively. He's going to make a bad defensive rotation or he's just not going to make a defensive rotation at all. Or there's going to be times where he just simply can't contest something because he's not that good of an athlete. There's going to be times like that. However... I think it, I really do think it's more important that you see him dominate offensively because that's what's going to have to keep him on the floor. It's going to have to be he's so good offensively will deal with some defensive lapses because he makes up for it more on offensively. So that's what I'm going to be looking forward most to in the summer league. Or not, why do I keep saying the summer league? In the preseason and in the G League from Luca Garza. Let's see if he can hold up offensively. He's really going to dominate guys in the NBA. It's much harder to do that than it is in the summer league or in college basketball, obviously. So that's kind of one of the reasons is also, going back to our first segment, kind of one of the reasons why I'm like, you kind of should, I don't really think you should overreact it too much to what you did in the summer league because we've seen all kinds of guys, like one of the names I always bring up to you guys is Dewan Summers. I remember watching him when I was a kid just go out there and dominate in the summer league that he came out and was just trash in the NBA. So, and there's all kinds of examples of that. It's completely different in the summer league. It's hard to now uh, analyze. God, I can't speak today. It's hard to analyze those kind of things in the summer league. So that's one of the reasons why I'm like, uh, giving a guy a full roster spot based off his summer league performance, I don't know. It could it could be fluky. I don't know if you should overreact to that. But I'm sure it just wasn't summer league as well. There's all kinds of other things that ha- must have went into as well as with his work ethic. And they really obviously just believe in the guy. And I really hope that he succeeds. So get ready for October 6th in the preseason to see how much he plays. And I do think he's going to spend the majority of his time in the G League. I don't think that he's going to play much in NBA for the Pistons. I especially don't think 
they're going to rock out many times or many minutes of a Garza Kelly Olynyk front court unless they're just simply trying to lose on purpose defensively. At I mean, and also they may do that because we saw it last year. They may try to do something like that, but I don't think that's going to be the plan. <laughs> But anyways, thank you guys for listening, and thank you again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen every day. And we'll be back with you guys on, actually, I think it will be back tomorrow for you guys as well. We're going to do a back-to-back-to-back-to-back podcast, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then the rest of the week. Because we're going back to full schedule daily podcasting next week as the NBA gets closer and closer. Media day is this week as well. So thank you guys for listening, making Lockdown Pistons your guys' first listen every single day. And be sure to tune in to tomorrow's podcast. We're going to preview K. Cunningham's season, what we expect to see from him. And for your second listen today, if you haven't listened to anything else or any other sports podcast, make sure you go ahead over to Lockdown Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, as he's been doing an amazing job covering the season preview series. So make sure you go check that out. I appreciate you guys listening. As always, if you haven't already, go down below and leave a five-star review. I always appreciate that. And I'll see you guys on tomorrow's podcast when we'll talk about K. Cunningham's season preview. Peace out, everybody.